Thanks for joining us for the special Mideast Prophecy Edition of In Spirit and Truth with Pastor J.D. Farag of Calvary Chapel, Kaneohe. Pastor J.D. shares the Mideast Prophecy Update from an Arab perspective as he connects the dots of current events geopolitically with last day's prophecies biblically. It is our belief that the next event on God's prophetic clock is the rapture of the Church of Jesus Christ. It is our hope that these Bible prophecy updates will not only ready you and steady you for His return, but that they will also encourage you to share the gospel with others in order that the rapture will not be as a thief in the night. We've all been taught the values of teamwork. It's nothing new to say that we're stronger together. But do you realize the extent of that statement? Today, Pastor J.D. reminds us that by allowing division, we're allowing the enemy to manipulate us. Don't stand for Satan getting between you and those who need Jesus. Now, don't forget to stay with us after today's Prophecy Update to learn how you can become a Facebook friend or watch the weekly Prophecy Update at jdfarag.org. Now, here's Pastor J.D. with today's Prophecy Update as shared on January 15th, 2023. What I want to do is borrow the idiom of playing both sides against the middle as it relates to Bible prophecy. And this because the enemy in these last days is being met with a measure of success in creating and manipulating opposing sides in order that those two opposing sides destroy and devour each other. Perhaps a definition along with an explanation and illustration will help to better understand this idiom, especially in the context of Bible prophecy. To play both sides against the middle is defined as a scheme. It's a scheme to manipulate and control two opposing sides to get them to argue and fight with each other to the benefit of the perpetrator. Another way to explain it is that someone playing both sides against the middle will pretend to support or favor two opposing sides in order to gain an advantage or to get all the benefits that they can from the crisis and conflict that they themselves created. Does this sound a little bit familiar? Good. (laughs) By way of an illustration, a politician will play both sides against the middle by setting opposing parties or interests against each other so as to advance their political agenda, their nefarious agenda. Dare I say that what we're witnessing today is the devil's scheme of playing both sides against each other in order to advance his evil prophesied end. I'm thinking about the Apostle Paul writing to the church in Corinth, and he says, don't be ignorant of Satan's devices. I love it in the King James. 
the wiles of the devil. You've got to get that King James growl in there. The wiles, the strategies, the tactics, the devices, and this is one. And it's a big E. And here's why. The devil knows he has but a short time to bring about doubt, discord, deception, division, and ultimately the destruction of mankind. And I know those all begin with D. If you've got a few more D words you want to add, that's fine. But this in three main areas, which I would like to focus on today, and they are in order politically, economically, and last but certainly not least, medically. To the question of how this applies to Bible prophecy, let me simply say that this describes the prophetic picture painted in Scripture. Let me explain. Scripture is replete with passages and prophecies that describe what the world, and perhaps more importantly, the church, will look like at the time of the end. Now, presupposing that we don't have double vision, we'll see in that prophetic picture lukewarm compromise, wavering faith, and double-minded doubt, all of which were prophesied in the pages of Holy Red. James chapter 1, beginning in verse 5. If any of you lacks wisdom, he should ask God, who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to him. But when he asks, he must believe and not doubt. And here's why, because he who doubts is like a wave of the sea, blown and tossed by the wind, back and forth. That man should not think he will receive anything from the Lord. He is a double-minded man, unstable in all he does. What James is saying here is that being double-minded is to, and stay with me on this, position oneself in the middle ground between two sides faith on one side, and doubt and unbelief on the other side. And here's the result. One will be relegated to a wishy-washy instability, riddled with doubt and disbelief by virtue of how they become confused and conflicted. They're confused and conflicted because of having one mind for earth and a double mind for heaven, pursuing the proverbial best of both worlds. If you'll kindly allow me to, I'll start with how we allow, and yes, we allow the enemy to do this, we allow the enemy to successfully play both sides against each other politically. There's an interesting account in 1 Kings 18, 
that speaks to the matter of two opposing sides, wavering back and forth between two opinions. Of course, I'm speaking of Elijah. I love Elijah. Can't wait to meet him, by the way. If you want to meet him, you're going to have to wait in line, because I'm first in line to meet him. Man, this guy, amazing guy, mightily used of God. So this is the account of Elijah who confronts, by way of a contest, those who are double-minded and wavering back and forth, tossed to and fro between Baal and God. Verse 21, 1 Kings 18, Elijah went before the people and said, How long will you waver between two opinions? If the Lord is God, follow Him. But if Baal is God, follow Him. But the people said nothing. What were they going to say? Game on, because that's what's going to happen next. And you know the account of the contest between Baal and God. Spoiler alert. (laughs) Well, anyway, you know how it goes. I'd like to draw your attention to the meaning of the word waver. Some of your translations render it falter, hesitate, vacillate. This is the word that Elijah uses, and I want to expound on the meaning of it in the original language of the Old Testament Hebrew. It carries with it the idea of hopping or dancing by standing on one leg, then shifting one's weight to the other leg. What Elijah is asking is, how long are you going to dance around, shifting back and forth, or if you prefer, (laughs) arguing back and forth in your lukewarm, double-minded instability. For those asking how this applies politically and prophetically, may I humbly suggest, sadly, that this describes with great accuracy the current political discourse in the world today. And here's how I get there. Christians are being manipulated and divided in the political arena, the likes of which we've never before seen and are likely to never see again. And it's evidenced by the back and forth between the two sides. Do you realize what's happening? By doing this, the the church plays right into the hand of the enemy. How so? Well, he's getting us to do his dirty work for him instead of him. How so? And what is that that we're doing for him? We're confusing, distracting, dividing, and destroying. 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 33, the Apostle Paul says, by the Spirit, for God is not the author of confusion, but of peace, as in all the churches of the saints. Jesus in John's Gospel, chapter 10, verse 10, 
said, the thief does not come except to steal and to kill and to destroy. I have come that they may have life and that they may have it more abundantly. In Mark's Gospel, chapter 3, verses 24 through 26. And by the way, Satan knows these verses. He knows how to play this against us. He knows Scripture better than we will ever know Scripture. And don't you think, I mean, wouldn't it stand, I'm not angry, I'll stop yelling. (laughs) Wouldn't it, let me just, wouldn't it be, wouldn't it stand to reason that if the enemy knows this, and he does, that he will use this? Because this is the key. Listen to what Jesus said. If a kingdom is divided against itself, that kingdom cannot stand. And if a house is divided against itself, that house cannot stand. And if Satan has risen up against himself and is divided, he cannot stand, but has an end. Here's what I'm thinking. Satan knows that he can still kill and destroy, in that order by the way. And if he can just get us divided, down we go. Destroyed we are. Mission accomplished. So he has to sow discord, bring about division. But he has a problem. He's got a lot of problems. <laughs> but the problem in this context is that the gates of hell, Jesus told Peter there in Caesarea Philippi, Matthew records it, the gates of hell will not prevail against the church. So Satan knows that verse too very well, all too well. (laughs) So he knows he can't destroy it from without. So how's he going to destroy it? Oh, from within. From within. Bring division from within. And then it's just a matter of time. This verse in Galatians chapter 5, actually verses 14 and 15, I guess I'll just say it. I don't like it. I know that's probably not very pastoral for a pastor to say you don't like a particular passage in the Word of God. But I just don't like this because of the implications of this. Listen to this. For the entire law is fulfilled in keeping this one command. Love your neighbor as yourself. And then he says this, if you bite and devour each other, watch out or you will be destroyed by each other. That's it. It's exactly what's happening. Satan's just sitting back in his recliner, and yes, Satan has a recliner, watching the show, watching us destroy and devour and divide each other, because he's playing both sides against the middle. And it's working, especially in the political arena. Okay, stop yelling again. 
Here's a question. Would you agree that Christians in these last days are being destroyed by each other, specifically in the area of politics? The reason this is happening is because the devil is scheming in playing both sides of the political aisle against each other. And as such, we see people as Republican or Democrat, left or right, conservative or liberal, instead of seeing them as saved or lost. Well, I have to ask another question. I just humbly ask this. Please hear me out and hear my heart on this. When someone says that they vote for the lesser of two evils, aren't they still voting for evil? If so, then what ensues is what always ensues which is that of being played against each other in a textbook case of us versus them. See, now we've, we've picked sides. It's left against right. You know, I just can't take it anymore. If I get an article and it starts off with the words, the left, I stop. I don't read any further. Us against them. Oh, so they're the enemy. No, they're not the enemy. They're the mission field. They're demon rats. Stop saying that. So you know what just happened? You cannot share Jesus with them after calling them that, can you? Because see, now you're on the opposite side against them. And here's the problem. We don't wrestle against them. We don't battle against them. We wrestle against not flesh and blood people, human beings. We wrestle against powers of darkness in the realm of the spiritual, the supernatural. Four entities the Apostle Paul lists in Ephesians 6, and they have different rankings. And one of the greatest things in terms of successes that Satan's ever done, that was poorly worded. It's not great. It's horrible. But one of the things that Satan has been met with in a large measure of success is to get us to battle against each other, flesh and blood, and not him. Our battles against him and those powers of darkness, wickedness in high places, these principalities in the spiritual realm. That is what we, and key word by the way, and don't miss this, wrestle. That takes it to a whole new level, especially for those of you that have ever wrestled. That's, I mean, every muscle in your body is engaged in the wrestling match. And it's exhausting. Not just a battle, it's a wrestling match. And it's not with people, it's with the powers of darkness. When, not if, when this happens, and it is happening. The devil couldn't be happier, because he's accomplished his goal of rendering the last day's church impotent, 
feckless. This brings me to the second area that the enemy has manipulated and played both sides, which is that of the economic, or if you prefer, financial. Like with the political arena, so too in the financial arena, we're being played. However, the opposing sides are two worlds or two masters. In what I would argue is one of the most profound passages in the entirety of the Scriptures, Jesus in Matthew 6 speaks to this. Verse 24, Jesus speaking, no one can serve two masters. Either he will hate the one and love the other, or he will be devoted to the one and despise the other. And then he says, you cannot serve both God and money. It's one or the other. You're trying to play both sides, you cannot. It's one or the other. Notice he doesn't say, you should not, thou shalt not. No, you cannot. You cannot serve Two masters is either one or the other. Now, Jesus is saying this, preaching this really, in the context of one having double vision, double treasures, and double masters. The masters are either God or money, and they're either here on earth or in heaven. Jesus says that when one's eyes are good, the whole body's good. So your eyes are either good or they're bad, good or evil. One's treasure is either on earth or in heaven. And one's master is either God or money. And the common denominator between the political and the financial as it relates to Bible prophecy, and please listen to me on this, both have this effect of investing us in this world and tethering us to this world. And again, the devil can't be any happier because we're double-minded. We're conflicted. He's played both sides. Matthew 6, verses 19 through 21, Jesus says, Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth, where moth and rust destroy, and where thieves break in and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where neither moth nor rust destroys, and where thieves do not break in and steal. And here's why, verse 21, for where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Where's your heart? Oh, I can tell you where your heart is. Where's your treasure? Because that's where your heart's going to be. If you were to ask me what I thought <laughs> was one of the main reasons that Christians don't talk about or get excited about the rapture, this would be it. And the reason being is their heart is here on earth because their treasures are here on earth and herein lies the problem. We're so glad you joined us for this prophecy update on In Spirit and Truth. Do the things you hear about on this program cause you to feel unsettled? Perhaps there are too many things coming into play that make you stop and wonder if you're truly living in the end times. 
If that's the case, we hope that through these updates, you are reminded of God's faithfulness through His Word and that His promises will be fulfilled. This can be a benefit to you. Being around other believers can give you support regarding these things that are happening around you. If you're in the area and haven't found a church home yet, we invite you to come visit us and get to know the heart behind this ministry. You can join us for a time of worship at Calvary Chapel Kaneohe on Sundays at 8.30 or 10.45 a.m. and Thursdays at 7 p.m. for Bible study with Pastor J.D. If you'd like more information on joining us or for additional resources, go to jdfarag.org and scroll to the bottom of the page. That's J-D-F-A-R-A-G dot O-R-G. There, you'll find a Calvary link that will take you to the church's website. While you're at our website, be sure to check out additional teachings from Pastor J.D. Another interesting point of reference is a tab that says ABCs. This is useful for anyone seeking and wanting to find out more about Jesus and His love for you as an individual. That's all available at our website. Again, that's jdfarag.org. Our time with you is up for today, but thanks for tuning in to spend this time with us. Join Pastor JD for another edition of In Spirit and Truth.